Welcome to Season 1 of Pick the Plot. I'm Rebecca McKinnon, your host for this interactive story experience. Together, we'll travel through an original story. A story that's being written as we go, so you can have a say in what happens. This season, we're experiencing a Regency story. Will it be an adventure? A fish-out-of-water story? Or a sweet romance? Maybe it will be a combination of all three. It's up to the listeners, driven by each choice you make. Because on this podcast, the listeners get to pick the plot. We left off with Marianne trying to decide if she should confront Lord Humphreys in the middle of the village, or if she should wait, leaving her to stew in anger. 83% of you voted to let her stew. Episode 3. Anger and Acceptance Charles took Marianne's elbow, stopping her before she could step into the house. Is something wrong? You've hardly spoken since we left the village. Marianne took a deep breath. She could hardly tell her brother she was sulking over seeing a bonnet. She certainly couldn't admit she'd spent the ride home trying to explain away her desire to pull the lovely trimmings from said bonnet and crush them under her heel. Even she couldn't believe it. She'd never been vindictive. Knowing the woman under the bonnet was hanging out of a carriage cooing at the man Marianne had begun to believe she could care for was no excuse to lose her temper. Marianne? What could she possibly say? Marianne leaned down to pull a few weeds that were showing their heads in the garden beside the door. She looked up at Charles and realized she didn't have to answer him. Not exactly. She could simply redirect the conversation. I went to the footbridge. His curiosity melted into an understanding that was disturbingly close to pity. I'd have gone with you. Marianne straightened, dropping the weeds to the ground and grinding them under her foot. It was nearly as satisfying as if they had been the ribbons and flowers from a certain bonnet. You're very sweet. I hadn't planned it, but it was good to go there. It brings me peace. She shook her head. I'm just feeling... melancholy, I suppose. Charles leaned past her and opened the door, then followed her inside. I was always jealous of you, you know. You were much closer to father than I ever could be. I was away at school too long. but you. You were everything to him. Tears sprang to Marianne's eyes and she tried to blink them away. She couldn't allow herself to feel. It would open the path for other emotions, and the hurt and anger she'd been trying to bury would make their way through. There you are! Mrs. Thistlewaite came hurrying down the hall. She beamed at Marianne as if she hadn't been ignoring her daughter for a fortnight. We must leave immediately if we're to be on time. Marianne pushed away the last of her tears and tried to focus on what her mother had said. Go where? We've been invited to tea, of course. Mrs. Sisselwaite gave her gloves a tug to smooth them. The invitation came a week ago. Surely you remember. You never told me about it, and I'm in no mood to see anyone else today. Marianne removed her bonnet and gloves. Of course I did. Now we really must be getting on. You've pouted long enough. You've avoided socializing for an entire fortnight. People are beginning to talk. Marianne took a steadying breath and looked to Charles. You agreed to let Marianne make her own decisions, Mother. 
I won't have you pressuring her into things she doesn't wish to do. Mrs. Thistlewaite gave a dismissive roll of the eyes. People are talking, Charles. She needs to be seen. Marianne started up the stairs to put her packages away. After just a few steps, the guilt set in. She couldn't leave Charles to handle Mrs. Thistlewaite, not when the fuss was over her. I was just seen in the village. Surely that will satisfy the gossips. But the tea! Mrs. Thistlewaite frowned. The creases between her eyes deepened. I sent our acceptance a week ago. Charles opened his mouth, but Marianne spoke over him. You can explain you had forgotten to check with me before accepting and didn't realize I had a prior engagement. But... Marianne is perfectly capable of arranging her own schedule. A comfort Marianne hadn't realized she needed wrapped around her at Charles's words. He looked up at her, his perfect gentleman's mask slipping to show his mirth. She's certainly old enough to make her own appointments. Practically on the shelf, she agreed. With Lord Humphreys taken, she was there more firmly than ever. She met her mother's gaze. An eccentric spinster, if you will. But I suppose I could rearrange my schedule, Marianne pretended to think a moment. But I can't guarantee I wouldn't remember to tell you, right in the middle of tea, that Miss Leeson sent your milk of roses home with me. Mrs. Thistlewaite's expression was one of shock and horror. You wouldn't. Not that I... I don't need milk of roses. I... Enjoy your tea, mother. The secret of your complexion will remain at home with me. Leaving Mrs. Thistlewaite with her mouth hanging open, Marianne continued up the stairs. Normally, duty would have had her putting her own desires on hold, but Marianne was full of so many strong emotions already that there was no room left for guilt. After tipping her purchases onto the bed, she went down the back stairs and into the kitchen where Mrs. Bartley was scouring pots. She nodded a greeting, grateful once again that the housekeeper was a quiet woman. Marianne needed the peace. She was just beginning to make bread dough when Charles came in, followed closely by Jasper. Marianne closed her eyes. The two of them were never peaceful. I saw your mother leaving, Jasper started. She was in a right huff. Marianne narrowed her eyes, but kept her words to herself. Charles waited a moment before taking his turn. I don't know that you've ever been as surly as you have this summer. Could they not leave her be? When she didn't reply, Charles reached out and took her hand. Marianne felt a small comfort that his fingers would be coated in the flower she was working with. Jasper leaned up behind her and whispered in her ear, You have him worried. Marianne finally looked at her brother. His forehead was creased, his jaw clenched. She'd have to tell him something. I'll never be the perfect daughter she wanted, yet she'll never accept me as I am. Most summers, I get to escape to Meekford Cottage and have peace for a few weeks. This year, besides talking grandmother out of my inheritance, she's refused to allow me the time away. She has stifled me. Mrs. Thistlewaite was only part of the problem. And while everything Marianne had said was true, it wasn't why she was angry. She wished she'd never seen that bonnet. Charles squeezed her fingers. Perhaps we could... Marianne shook her head. There was nothing they could do. We'll go on that adventure, Jasper grinned. I'll manage. 
Now go find something to keep yourselves busy. I have bread to make. She worked the mix in front of her, the sticky mass coming together to form her dough. It was ready to knead. As she stretched and folded, Marianne let herself focus on the bonnet. She channeled all the anger, all the hurt, into the kneading. It should have been soothing, but the harder she kneaded, the hotter her anger became. And then she looked up and saw him. Lord Humphreys filled the doorway, Charles and Jasper hovering behind. Marianne blew away a lock of hair that had worked itself loose to hang into her face. Something in Lord Humphreys' expression sharpened, and his eyes seemed to darken. Marianne glowered at him. You'll be wanting tea, Mrs. Bartley asked. She hurried over to block their entry into her domain. I'll send it to the library for you, then. Before any of the men could reply, Mrs. Bartley swung the door closed. She brushed off her hands and smiled at Marianne's anger. Give it a good whack, then. The dough can handle it. Marianne huffed a small laugh and wondered how much Mrs. Bartley had guessed. I don't know what to do. Mrs. Bartley set the kettle to boil and went back to her scouring. Don't borrow trouble. Things will make themselves clear in time. While you wait for them to sort themselves, you do what you know. That bread won't need itself. The dough was soft and pliable in her hands. Marianne sighed. Why couldn't life be as easy as making bread? Flour and butter and milk and yeast. Combine it all just so, and it became what it was meant to be. There was no guessing. No disappointed mothers. No neighbors with dark eyes who made you believe your futures might go hand in hand. And then it came to her. She might be angry with her mother. She might be angry with Lord Humphreys. But more than either of them, Marianne was angry with herself. She'd allowed herself to get caught up in the way other people saw the world. Mrs. Thistlewit was wrong. Marianne didn't need a marriage, and she didn't need Meekford Cottage to be happy. Marianne was determined to be the reason for her own happiness. While she didn't neglect the responsibilities she had, she filled much of her days with things she knew would bring her back to herself. She made tarts with Mrs. Bartley, took her sketchbooks all over the valley, and dug in the garden. One afternoon, Jasper agreed to let her borrow his horse for a ride, so long as she didn't sit side-saddle. Mrs. Thistlewaite would have thrown a fit if she'd seen her daughter galloping across the countryside like a man. But as she spent her days in the sitting-room, hoping against hope that someone important would pay a call, She'd never know her daughter was displaying her eccentricities where anyone could see. At Charles's urging, Marianne dug out her paints. She didn't see where he expected to find wall space in the library, but he assured her the painting she made for him would hang in there. On her chosen day, Marianne put on an old dress. Even though she hardly saw Mrs. Thistlewaite, if she got paint on a nice dress, it was sure to be the day her mother saw her. She gathered her supplies, stopped in the kitchen for some food to take along, and stepped outside. After making her way across Mr. Willoughby's field, Marianne made her way into a silver birch copse. On the far side of the copse, she hopped from rock to rock across the brook and made her way up the hill. Turning, she smiled. It was the perfect view. The valley stretched below, 
and a few lazy clouds drifted above. Marianne set up her easel and began the work of bringing the valley to life on canvas. As the scene took shape, Marianne felt what was left of the tension ease from her muscles. Painting was a talent she didn't exercise as often as she'd like, but the piece she felt reminded her she didn't need her mother's approval. And if Mrs. Thistlewaite raised objections, Marianne would just remind her that painting was an acceptable skill for ladies, like embroidery and music. As Marianne always knotted the embroidery silk and didn't know one piano key from another, Mrs. Thistlewaite should look favorably upon any ladylike skill Marianne could manage. Her thoughts drifted away as she lost herself in colors and brush strokes. She was just adding trees to the scene when the sound of a throat being cleared cut through her focus. You must be Miss Thistlewaite. Glancing over her shoulder, Marianne saw a young man. A handful of years younger than herself, he was near her own height and had long, gangly limbs and pale hair that glowed in the dappled sunlight. His face broke into a smile Marianne was sure most young ladies, fresh from the schoolroom, would swoon over. She couldn't help but return his smile. I am. I thought so. Felix said if I were to meet a young lady wandering alone, I must be on my best behavior, as it was sure to be you. The young man gave a bow more appropriate to a ballroom than a country hillside. I'm Oliver Chambers. Marianne dropped a small curtsy. Mr. Chambers. Do you mind if I watch you paint? He leaned in to look at the canvas. I've never watched a talented painter at work. That's kind of you to say, although I'm certainly not as talented as you believe. He met her gaze and smiled again. Do you think not? I've seen many young ladies paint. Lady Beatrice and her friends enjoy pretending they know how to wield a brush, but I've never been able to recognize the subjects of their paintings. I recognize your image, and you haven't even finished yet. Marianne tried not to laugh. Your requirements for talent are hardly discerning. I'd say discerning is my only requirement. If I can't discern the subject, there can be no talent. You, Miss Thistlewaite, are talented. He was a charming young man, and he definitely knew it. He reminded her of Jasper. She went back to her painting, adding in the trees on the far hillside. Marianne, you may call me Marianne, and yes, you're welcome to join me. And I'm Oliver. Marianne nodded. I've not seen you before in Oliver. Are you visiting someone? I'm staying at Rowan Park with Felix and Lady Beatrice. And there it was. The bonnet hanging from Lord Humphreys's carriage belonged to this Lady Beatrice. Marianne was pleased to discover her anger had retreated. She felt nothing more than a dull ache at Lord Humphreys being paired with the lady. Then we're neighbors while you're here. Marianne had managed to sound cheerful. She smiled with relief. For just a moment, she'd been worried she'd sound upset. Will you be staying long? I'm stuck here as long as Felix will have me. His voice was pinched. Marianne couldn't help wondering why he was visiting if he didn't want to be there. You'll have to meet my brother and our friend Jasper. I already have. Marianne paused, her brush halfway to the canvas. You have? They didn't mention it. I've spoken with them nearly every day when Felix and I have called. There was the sound of boots scuffing across a rock, and Oliver came alongside her. Every day? Charles and Lord Humphreys must be boring you with their talk of the hedgerow. It was interesting no one had told her of their guests. 
although, to be fair, she had been spending most of her days out of doors. Her nose had the freckles to prove it. They've hardly spoken of it. That was hard to believe. It seemed to be a favorite topic for them. But then she only knew what they spoke of when she was in the room. Perhaps the hedgerow was the only topic they saw as being a match for her understanding. No matter. She was happier wandering the fields alone. Of course she was. Oliver stayed with Marianne while she waited for her canvas to be dry enough to carry home, regaling her with stories of his time in London. Where Jasper's tales had amused her, Oliver's stories left her feeling uneasy. While similar on the surface, these weren't the light-hearted escapades Jasper shared. These stories hinted at the dark underbelly everyone knew haunted London. But he was much younger than Jasper. Twisting his tails into the shadows gave his experiences a sharpness most young ladies would find mysterious. Every man Marianne had met in London had known that to gain the admiration of most women, they needed to be rich, titled, or mysterious. Oliver must have determined the same. That's how you see me, Jasper asked. He shook his head, and Marianne couldn't decide if he was flattered or annoyed. You realize the only reason Oliver is staying here is because he was making a fool of himself in London, attempting to seduce the wrong women, finding himself in debt to bookies, and losing his shirt in card games. Aren't you the man who escaped to the continent to avoid a gambling debt? Marianne kept walking, the long grass rustling against her dress. The field rippled in the wind. A storm was blowing in. Jasper grinned. I suppose you're right. But I've never had to rely on my godparent's son to set me on the straight and narrow. I don't believe you've ever been on the straight and narrow, Jasper. At least not since I've known you. Marianne laughed, lifting her face to the wind. So that's his connection to Lord Humphreys, then. I'd wondered. Had you not kept yourself hidden away, you'd have known it the day they arrived. Marianne shrugged. I needed to discover some things about myself. Jasper looked as if he'd ask her to explain her words, but shook his head instead. You do seem more content with life. He paused and looked across the field. I'll leave you to your walk. Following his gaze, Marianne saw a couple on horseback. She told herself the faster beat of her heart was not because she recognized Lord Humphreys. You'll leave me here alone? You know I've no desire to be caught in Parson's trap, and that girl would chase me into it if she could. Marianne stared. Before she could demand an explanation, Jasper's long strides were carrying him away at speed. Lord Humphreys and the woman Marianne presumed to be Lady Beatrice angled their horses toward her. Curse Jasper! He must have known the encounter would be uncomfortable, and he'd just abandoned her to it. She couldn't outrun them or hide, and even if she'd been able, it would have been unbearably rude of her. As the horses drew closer, Marianne wished the storm would break. She glanced at the sky. The clouds weren't ready to loose their load. The horses drew to a stop, and Marianne forced a smile. Miss Thistlewaite. His tone was anything but aloof. Lord Humphreys. The woman's horse sidestepped, unhappy about being made to stand. She slid from the horse's back and moved closer. Forgive me for not standing on ceremony, but Felix will sit here all day just looking at you and forget to introduce us. I am Beatrice. She was younger than Marianne had expected, 
either just out of the schoolroom or readying to leave it. Lord Humphreys swung down from his horse and joined them. The smile he gave Lady Beatrice was indulgent. The one he gave Marianne was not. She received the smile he seemed to reserve just for her, the one that left her feeling either as if they shared a joke or that she'd somehow missed one. Of course I'll make introductions, Beatrice. This is our neighbor, Miss Thistlewaite. Miss Thistlewaite, Lady Beatrice. The younger woman reached out and pulled Marianne into an embrace. Beatrice, one does not embrace a stranger. Marianne grinned. Lord Humphreys's shock was exactly what she needed to dispel her discomfort. Lady Beatrice ignored him, taking both Marianne's hands in her own. Her face was filled with mischief. I've always wanted a sister. There was a time I thought Felix would marry a delightful lady. But as it turned out, she was thoroughly evil, and he didn't marry her after all, so I'm still waiting for a sister. I hope it won't take too long for you and I to become sisters, Marianne. We'll have such fun together. Marianne blinked. A sister? She wanted Marianne to be her sister. Did that mean... She looked to Lord Humphreys, who was twisting the reins in his hands as if he wished it could be Lady Beatrice's neck. If Marianne had put the thunderous expression on his face, she'd have been embarrassed. As Lady Beatrice didn't appear at all concerned, Marianne was free to be amused. Lady Beatrice looked over Marianne's shoulder to the place Jasper disappeared from sight. Was that Mr. Strickland you were speaking with? Isn't he wonderful? I'm going to see if I can find him. There's something I wanted to ask him about. Beatrice, that's not... But the young lady was already mounting her horse. Before Lord Humphreys could finish his admonishment, she was gone. Looking utterly unsure of himself, Lord Humphreys turned his attention back to Marianne. Please excuse Beatrice's behavior. Our parents allowed her to visit Rowan Park only if she'd be on her best behavior. I don't imagine this is how her finishing school explained manners. Their parents. Oh, heavens, she was his sister. Marianne began to laugh. She's lovely, Lord Humphreys. Just young. Although you should probably suggest she look for romance from someone other than Jasper. He's left a trail of broken hearts and disappointed mothers throughout London. Lord Humphreys sighed. I might ask you to dissuade her from her attraction. She sees everything I say as a challenge. Marianne was certain she did. When I was in London, Charles and Jasper wanted to approve every man I spoke to. I listened to them as well as Lady Beatrice listens to you. He started to speak, but stopped himself abruptly. After a moment, he took another deep breath. I promised to show you the work we've done on the hedgerow when I returned. Have you the time now? Marianne looked up at the clouds. The storm appeared to be holding off. She tipped her head back down and saw Lord Humphreys. His eyes were hopeful. Did she want to go with him, or did she feel she ought to? His lips turned up in a small smile, and Marianne felt as if he knew her thoughts. It woke something deep inside her, something warm and complicated and alive. It took everything in her to speak. I have the time. Show me. Lord Humphreys fell into step beside her, and they walked through the wind in silence. At the hedgerow, Marianne exclaimed over all the plants, as if she hadn't sneaked over to see them several times. They were young and small, but would fill in quickly. Marianne could feel Lord Humphreys's gaze on her as she inspected a grouping of flowers. As she straightened, he cleared his throat. I've been to your home every day since my return, and haven't seen you but for the first day when your housekeeper kept me from joining you in the kitchen. I must know, Miss Thistlewaite. 
Have you been avoiding me? Her mouth went dry. She shook her head, then realized an outright lie would never do. He was too perceptive for that. She nodded. Perhaps at first. She swallowed, then repeated the words she'd said to Jasper. I needed to learn some things about myself. And what did you discover? He moved a fraction closer to her. Marianne's breath caught in her throat. She couldn't ignore his question. But in this moment, she wasn't willing to expose her need to know she could be happy as a spinster. Nothing I hadn't known before, Lord Humphreys. I'd just allowed myself to forget. Another small step forward, and the polite mask he always wore began to slip. Something in his expression stopped Marianne from retreating. She couldn't have moved if she'd wanted to. He raised his hand, tracing her cheek with his thumb as he buried his fingers in her hair. He leaned down and whispered in her ear, I am not my title, Marianne. Felix. His name came out as a breath. She turned her face to his. Taking it as the invitation it was, Felix kissed her. Mrs. Thistlewaite was going to be beside herself. For that reason alone, Marianne could almost wish the kiss had never happened. Not that Marianne expected her mother to learn of the matter, but it was too much to hope that Lord Humphreys's, Felix's, arrival later this morning would go unnoticed. When Mrs. Thistlewaite noticed a change between them, the impossible woman would rejoice. Marianne pulled the covers over her head. If she remained in bed today, her mother's elation would at the very least be put off a day. There was a quiet knock on the door. Marianne peeked out of the blankets as Jane stepped quietly into the room. Good morning, Miss Marianne. I brought your breakfast and some tea. She'd have to get up to reach the tray Jane was setting on the other side of the room, if nothing else. As Marianne sipped her tea, Jane chattered on about the breakfast Mrs. Bartley had sent up and hinted at something to do with Charles that she couldn't come right out and say. And what will you wear this morning, miss? Jane opened the wardrobe and gave the dresses inside a critical inspection. The lavender today. It was the least worn of her morning dresses. I believe we're to have company this morning. Horror filled Jane's face. You know, did I say too much? Mr. Charles will be so upset with me. Marianne shook her head. I don't understand. Jane set about fussing with the dress. Don't mind me, miss. Do you want my help this morning? No, I'll manage. Once she was ready, after spending a ridiculous amount of time trying to look her best without appearing to have made much effort, she carried the tray down to the kitchen. Mrs. Bartley took the tray and shooed her away. Marianne stood in the hallway at a loss. It would seem she wasn't allowed to help in the kitchen, and she didn't want to ruin her dress digging in the garden. She wandered through the house before settling in the library to sketch. Several sketches into the morning, the library door opened behind her. Marianne's heart gave a tiny flutter. She turned her head, but it wasn't Felix standing in the doorway. Grandmother? There you are. When I didn't find you in the sitting room, I thought you might be out for a stroll, but the maid said you spent much of your time in here when you're at home. I didn't know you were coming. Marianne was on her feet and moving. She was so happy to see the dear woman, she nearly embraced her. It's lovely to see you. Don't make a fuss. The words were softened with a smile and a twinkling eye. 
Just a kiss will do. Marianne kissed the proffered cheek. Come sit down. I'll have tea brought in. Grandmother raised a single eyebrow, a trick Marianne had never been able to master. It's already on the way, I'm sure. Walk with me until it arrives. I've been sitting all morning. As they strolled around the room, Marianne felt the world was finally writing itself. I've missed you. Silly girl. Grandmother patted her arm and pulled her closer. You could have come to stay with me, even though your mother was against it. I didn't want to be in the way. Marianne took a deep breath, hoping her words wouldn't sound resentful. When Mother received your letter, saying you were changing your will, she said you wouldn't want me underfoot. Stuff and nonsense. You were never underfoot. I always look forward to your visits. Grandmother's lips curved into a half-smile. And just between us, I have no plans to change my will. You, you didn't change it? Of course not. Your mother can't intimidate me, but she can drive me to distraction. She kept harping on, and I confess I've come to dread her letters. If it weren't for the news of you and Charles, she included, I should have tossed them into the fire unopened. I told her what she wanted to hear so she'd stop waffling on. I didn't expect she would forbid you from staying with me, or I'd have waited to send the letter until you'd come. Marianne felt as if her soul had exhaled. Her grandmother hadn't exiled her, as Mrs. Thistlewaite had insisted. Jane came in then with the tea tray, and they traded their walking for armchairs. As Marianne reached for her favorite teapot, she noticed the extra cups on the tray. Jane? Mr. Charles asked for them, miss. Marianne nodded, hoping her disappointment didn't show. There were five teacups. Even when Charles and Jasper joined them, that would still leave a cup for her mother. Jane slipped out, and Marianne passed her grandmother a cup of tea. I'm very glad you're here, but you don't like to visit us. I don't like to visit your mother, she corrected. She studied Marianne over the rim of her cup. Your brother sent me an invitation. You've been restless, and he was worried. She'd truly worried him. A prickle of guilt surfaced, but she pushed it away. She did have the best brother a woman could ask for. Grandmother went on, as if she hadn't said anything surprising. I've come to take you away. I'll have new gowns made up, and you can create some excitement for yourself. You're here. Charles strode into the room and went to their grandmother's side. I hope your journey was uneventful. Marianne didn't hear grandmother's reply. Her eyes were on the doorway. Jasper had come in behind Charles, and behind Jasper was Lord Humphreys. The moment his gaze fell on Marianne, she found it hard to breathe. He paused on the threshold, then... Without taking his eyes from her, he made his way to her side. He took her hand in his and brushed it with his lips. Such a simple act shouldn't be capable of leaving a woman feeling undone. He claimed the chair beside her and accepted a cup of tea. He traced the flower as he had the day they'd met. I'd hope to see this set again. His voice was quiet and Marianne found herself leaning toward him. My grandmother had one very like it. It was a special treat when she allowed us to use it. Mother hates for me to use this set in company. It might be noticed the cups are chipped. His eyes crinkled in amusement. I was just telling Marianne I'd come to take her away. Grandmother's voice broke into their exchange. Marianne looked up and met her shrewd gaze. She needs an adventure of sorts. We'll go to London for some shopping. 
Marianne's happiness ebbed. London, you know I don't like town. Nonsense. Everyone loves town. The season will be coming to a close soon, but there's time enough for a scandal or two. You know I believe women should create as many scandals as possible. Your mother didn't have a single impropriety to her name, and look how she's turned out. You've but the one scandal, my dear, and it's several years old. You can do better than that. A hurried peek confirmed Marianne's suspicion that Felix would be interested in the revelation of her past. She raised her cup, hoping for the ability to hide behind it. Jasper snorted into his tea. If Marianne had wanted to court scandal, she'd have spent her season following Charles and myself instead of avoiding us. London isn't a terrible idea. Felix's voice was warm. He spared a glance for Charles before continuing. It would give you a chance to prepare for our wedding. Marianne choked on the mouthful of tea she was swallowing. Our what? She spluttered. She turned to Charles. You couldn't have chosen a better man. Her brother's grin was broad. He wasn't surprised. Marianne whipped her head back to Felix and narrowed her eyes. He'd spoken to her brother without so much as asking her opinion on the matter. I haven't agreed to marry you. You will. I can be very persuasive. Marianne frowned. She wouldn't be told what to do. So you'll come? Grandmother asked. She set her own teacup aside. We have dresses to order, parties to crash, and scandals to find. What will happen in our next episode? That's for you to decide. Voting will be open for one week at rebeccamckinnon.com slash pickthe-plot. I hope you enjoyed today's episode, and I look forward to seeing where our story goes from here. Thanks for joining me.